What's going on, coaches? We are excited for a new year of RTP. Uh, all new episodes. We're doing all of our new recordings now of this year. Uh, so you will hear uh, these next few podcasts will be very recently recorded. Uh, we won't have to have saved them up over the year like we have these past few episodes, which were still great, uh, but were recorded uh, a few months earlier. So we're excited to get to learn more here this offseason. Thank you guys for everything you've done for us these past three years. We've had an unbelievable time. We've met so many people. We've learned a ton of ball, and that's why we got into this thing. So we can learn football. We can try to help everyone else learn football as well um, off of the things we've stolen, the things that we've learned. So hopefully we are, we are helping you guys out, and you guys are enjoying your time with us, you know, working out, mowing lawns, whatever it is that you guys are doing. Hopefully you can get something out of this. We, we get a ton out of this. So thank you guys. We're excited for 2021. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Legend Rings. As coaches, we all know the best way to represent our big win is with the championship ring. And the team at Legend Rings wants to help you celebrate your regional and state championship title this season. Their goal is to make your championship ring purchase simple, easy, and affordable from design to delivery. Check them out at legendrings.com or email info at legendrings.com to get started. Let them know that Run the Power sent you and they will make your ring for free. Again, go check them out at legendrings.com. This episode of the RTP podcast is brought to you by our guys over at Just Play. The team at Just Play hooked us up with their product, as you guys know, uh, and it's been a game changer for us. If you've seen us on Twitter or uh, have talked to us about this at all. We obviously especially love the playbook tools that allow us to create our favorite blocking schemes, as you guys know, power, counter, inside zone, pin and pull, uh, and formations, so we can save time and be more productive. That's the biggest part. Saves time on defenses, saves time on, on inputting offensive uh, formations, and then easy to draw the play out. Just Play is a limited time offer for RTP listeners only. Get my Just Play Pro for $120, which is an unbelievable $60 off the normal list price. Uh, this offer has been extended uh, and won't last forever. You can get this deal at JustPlaySolutions.com slash RTP. The best playbook tool on the market at JustPlaySolutions.com slash RTP. Don't wait. Go do it today. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Team Builder. Team Builder provides strength and conditioning software to high schools around the country. Whether you write your own programs, have a full-time strength coach, or need training programs, Team Builder can make your program better. Right now, Team Builder is offering a 10-week off-season football training program with a two-a-day speed and agility program. This template even comes with videos from some of the top SEC strength coaches that will show you how to run your weight room. Visit their website and enter the code RTP to get the off-season football training template and start your 14-day completely free trial at teambuilder.com. Again, enter code RTP at teambuilder.com, which is teambuilder.com. On today's 250th episode of RTP brought to you by Legend Rings, we kick off Year four of Run the Power by recapping the 2020 seasons of mine and Coach's Walls. Listen as we talk about the first state championship at the new Ankeny High School, several questions and conversations about things we have learned and applied over the past few seasons. You guys know where to follow us on Twitter at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoy. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about state championship walls. 
Let's got your got your first one in Iowa. Um, I got a bunch of different questions that I've written down, but maybe some of them we've already talked about, but uh, I'm excited to ask you on here too and maybe dig in a little bit deeper. Um, so <clears throat> first off, just, I mean, you guys, what, lost one game? Uh, yep. you, you beat beat a team that um, nobody's beaten in the playoffs for the uh, semifinals. You beat them for what? how many years have they been in it? Like 15, 10, 15 years, something crazy, right? In the, yeah, they, in the finals? They were, yeah, set seven-time champions in a row. So they hadn't lost, you know, they in Iowa, it's pretty cool. They, they run all the semifinals and the finals in the, the unit dome at UNI up in Cedar Falls. So anytime they'd been in the dome, this would have been their 15th time they hadn't lost <laughs> so that's a pretty that's a pretty good record yeah so I mean you know that's and a lot of games you'd watch like I is funny because you know I'm, I was dating Melissa at the time you know and I'm still at BA so we'd be done with our season and I'd come up to Iowa and then the games would be on so I'd be watching them and you're like <clears throat> okay you know but it seemed like every game I'd watch them play, you know, teams are just instantly like the mystique of them. You know, they were going to win because they didn't make mistakes. The other team was like kind of freaking out. They'd make mistakes. So that was right. kind of the, the, the whole thing was like, Hey, when we get there, you know, just play, play our game. Don't worry about anything that, you know, they're going to do things like that. If we just don't make mistakes, we'll be fine, which is always easier said than done. But I mean, that's just, <laughs> That's just the way they'd always won. You know, it reminded me of old Jenks, you know, Jenks football with, with, I was about to say, it sounds about like, like you, when you came to broken arrow, I mean, the, yeah. when, when broken arrow played in the past, the jinx and the unions So going back to when I was you know, a little kid. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And, and coach Wilson at, at Dowling, I mean, he, he modeled a lot of things after uh, coach Trimble. And then he's, he's got really good connections up at North Dakota state. So, I mean, you, you talk about the lineage of, you know, places he's been and how he's trying to model his program. I mean, what two better places literally maybe in the country than to, to model it behind, you know, the discipline and player development of two places like Jenks and, and NDSU. And, and obviously, you know, they build it around running the football. So it's, it's a juggernaut, man. And, and I'll tell you what, it was, it was probably one of the best uh, high school games I've ever been a part of. I mean, it was, it was an instant classic, you know, I, the people that I think had a chance to watch it on TV, there's guys, you know, across the country that saw it. Um, it's as good of a high school game as you'll ever watch. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Then, and having, you know, one of your dudes make the play, which is, is the big thing you've been talking about the past few years, which was, was cool for me to see. I mean, talking about letting your dudes play, getting them to, to peak, you know, performance, having them fresh and ready to play having them obviously not wearing them out, but when, when, you know, it's an offensive guy, I know you guys let him play both ways, but he was an off, he's an offensive guy. He's going to go to college, be an offensive guy. Uh, But when it was time to make a play, you put your, uh, I would assume both of them, both, you know, both on the field uh, and Arlen both on the field. And then, you know, one of your dudes goes and makes a play. Yeah. And that's, again, you go back, you know, years of making mistakes. So t- 2010, you know, the first time I'd been in the, the state finals at Jinx with, with Coach Trimble uh, and Dub and the crew, we ended up getting beat by Union, you know, kind of last minute. And we'd had a corner go down. And, uh, you know, we were kind of two platoon. It's like, hey, we we're, we play our defensive guys, we play our offensive guys. And, you know, the, the, 
you know, God bless the kid. It's just, you know, Hey, it was a bad matchup for him. You know, it, it wasn't going to be a good situation. He, you know, he gives one up and, uh, and union goes down and wins. And I, and I'll remember the meeting I had with coach Trimble and I'm like, you know, coach Trim, I know I'm just a, you know, a, a hick from South Dakota. I don't, I don't know a ton. I said, but the one thing I will say is, is, uh, when it gets to big time games, you got to play your best guys. And I'm like, we had three receivers who, you know, any one of them would have been able to at least go in and cover people. Uh, and kind of from that point, we, we kind of switched how we practiced. So, you know, guys like Trayvon, you know, if we had good receivers, guys like Parker and, and Dylan Harding, those guys weren't going to play the whole game both ways, but when it, when it was a BA game, you know, Jenks versus BA, they're going to play some defense and they're going to play some offense, you know, when it was, you know, the playoff times against, against union, those guys were going to have packages. And, uh, and that was something when I came to Ankeny, we, we talked a lot about too, Hey, guys will have a primary position, but let's make sure we cross train these guys to be able to do things. And coach Nelson, our D coordinator, Nick Nelson would do a phenomenal job of that. Like, Hey, I need, I need Brody for this period. I need Arlen for this period. And it's pretty cool. You know, when he and I coach track together, and, you know, we, we have kind of that relationship and we both coach, you know, the secondary and the, the receivers, we can kind of flip those guys, but super cool to see a kid like Arland and, and the story, the whole story is too, is he basically says uh, they, they have this good receiver, uh, Louis Murphy. And he's like, he's like, Hey, I got him. I don't care where he goes. I got him. So you see him like kick one of the guys out and he goes into the slot and he covers him uh, man and they run slot fade. And like I said, you know, we, we, done enough one-on-ones that he, he knew he's like coach I, I knew he was going to be able to run the slot fade so he beats him to the spot and he picks the thing off but I mean what a competitor what a, a great football player and then there was just a melee after that I mean there's just people all over the place but yeah to make a, a long story short a really good athlete and we're really good coaches because we put him on the field and just let him go be a player. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, and, and so, and this is the balancing act. I think that's, that can be tough. And, and I, we, I definitely haven't even gotten close to figuring it out. That's why I like to pick your brain about it, but as much feed the Hawks as you guys have gone and as much, let's stay fresh and let's stay, um, you know, take miles off of our kids and make them explosive and, and all of that. How do you find, a way to not go, well, what's practice look like? Or what are you doing practice? So it's not two and a half hours. Um, you're not wearing your best players out because they're the one, you know, it, it, coaches, we love to look at it and be like, well, really it's only offense for an hour and defense for an hour. So kids are only getting half the time or hour and 15. You're like, well, that is true. But our very best kids are going that entire time. And they're the ones that we care about the most. How do you, how did you guys go about working that? I think, you know, number one, it's, it's a, a planning deal. So like when you go into it, you know, you're kind of setting your parameters, like here's how long we're going to practice on Monday. Here's how long we're going to practice on Tuesday. And here's how we're going to do it. You know, Wednesday, Thursday, how, however that is. But I think when you plan it ahead of time, instead of like every single week, you know, Hey, how long should we go today? You know, or how long should it be? So if you set the st- standard at like, you know what, on Mondays, we're only going to practice for, you know, an hour okay, well, what are the things we need to get done for an hour? And then if it's, you know, there'd be times we'd come maybe come off of a war. It's like, man, our guys got smoked on Friday. You know, maybe we even back it off a little bit more. So I think having that pre-planned and having that set and then being able to manage it on a weekend makes it so much easier than just coming in with a clean slate all the time, you know, and 
especially after maybe you get beat. You know, I think that's the time when everyone, you know, questions it. Wow, we got beat. We need to grind them or we need to do this. It's like, no, just stay the course. But as far as like getting your best guys, we did a really good job too. I think of every day was going to be, you know, something good versus good. And, and it was going to be full speed. And then we were going to be done with it. So the kids would know that's like your quality rep time. And a lot of the other stuff, you know, it was going to be important, but it wasn't going to be as, you know, full speed. You against the scout team is probably not as full speed. You know, your routes on air, you're going to get three or four quality reps and, and then you're going to be off. So you're not really grinding them. And then the group segments that we would have, be it, you know, pass rush one-on-one that's going to go five to 10 minutes. It's going to be hard, but it's going to be quality game speed reps. You know, our, our one-on-ones that we ran uh, with the secondary were, were the kids' favorite time. So we did a little bit more of that just because the kids loved it. You know, they didn't really, you know, they didn't really feel like they were getting grinded and it wasn't like we was running a ton of plays, you know, they just wanted to go and compete against each other. So I, I just felt like, you know, as many things we could do good on good, you know, small group work. And then when we did our scout work, we were just really, really smart about it, you know? Um, also, you know, not stacking back to back days. Hey, today's a full speed day. The next day is going to be a full speed. The next day is like, no, this is a full speed day. The next day we're going to, we'll do a lot of reps, but it's going to be, you know, shorter work and not getting to that. So I think a lot of pre-planning and then, uh, you know, another kind of feed the Hawks principle is, you know, finding ways to make it competitive to where kids don't even feel like, man, I'm, I don't even feel like I'm grinding out here. Coach, like they're mad when I would, when I would end one-on-ones, you know, they're like, well, I want to go two more reps. You know, I got, I got to go against so-and-so or I didn't get to run a fade, you know, like, well, you know, you should have done it, but you know, kind of leaving them wanting a little bit more rather than coach, when are we done? You know, just that <laughs> mindset, I guess, you know? So, so when does that, does that happen? Does that meeting happen in the off season? Hey, Monday's an hour, Tuesday's this much, Wednesday's this much. And then we've got to fit in whatever into that time. Did, did that start, um, you know, in off season. And then you guys stuck with that every week did every Sunday, you guys decide, okay, this week we feel like this, this, and this. And then that way at a certain week, you could tailor it off. What was that process like, or what would you have that process be like as you guys have learned from these last couple seasons? Yeah, we started, uh, we're lucky. Our, our uh, D line coach owns a, a huge house down on the Lake of the Ozarks. So we, we could go down there and we, we almost kind of had like a coach's retreat real nice clark oh yeah like i mean just (laughs) pimp million dollar home i mean it's it's awesome it's awesome to have coach yon he's a stud but you know you get to sit around and and you hang out together but then you know you also get a little bit of work done where it's you know here's kind of what we're looking at you do your personnel meeting stuff and then we we had kind of laid out that plan hey here's what we want mondays to look like we knew it was going to be a sprint day so we could time our guys so they, they would sprint at the start of practice. And then we're saying it's not going to go any longer than an hour. Um, the other nice thing was too, we'd, we'd switched JV games to a Monday. So knowing that we weren't going to have JV guys, you know, for practice, since they're going to be going to play a game on Monday, I think it also kind of made that process a little bit easier. And then knowing, okay, when we come back on, on Tuesday, we'll go a little bit longer. You know, it's going to be 145, maybe up into to two hours. But, uh, you know, understanding the type of work we wanted to get done, we talked about that. And then Wednesdays is always kind of our situational, you know, days. So we're going to do all of our special teams. We're going to do all of our, you know, third down, all of our red zone, all of our goal line, all of our coming out. So you can kind of compartmentalize everything on Wednesday. And again, you can really manage the, the guys' reps as well. 
Uh, and then, you know, Thursday, same thing to me, Thursday was always the one you wanted to be the, the most careful. Cause you get into problems where, you know, you're, you're polishing things on offense and all of a sudden you look up and man, you've run 40 plays, you know, with, right. with your, with your guys and they're not getting any subs during that time. So I think, you know, we were, we were pretty smart about that, but yeah, hmm. we'd done that harp in, in, uh, I think that was in May when we did that. And I think I came down to the dojo after that and we talked a little bit about it. And then obviously when we come back in the summertime, we maybe tweak a, a couple of things there, but I think the biggest thing, and we did it at BA too, you know, together was, you know, front loading a lot of your install. You could do it in spring. We'd done so many things with our pass game, you know, in the off season on Sunday nights, you know, letting kids come into the gym and throw, you know, kids going outside and throwing on their own that, when we did kind of get to summer now, you didn't have to go as long either. So even in fall camp, we're not grinding them because, Hey man, we we've already got most of our offense installed. You know, most of the grinding was quote grinding was going to happen within the run game. Cause now you're putting pads on and having to do that. So I think right front load, get the stuff you can get done out of the way. Then you can really spend time on the things. Hey, we're in pads. You know, let's get better <laughs> at tackling. Let's get better right. at blocking. We don't need to run a ton of routes. You know, we've, we've been doing that. Uh, most of the time. So I just think, again, you know, the pre-planning of it, the, the being smart. And then not only that, one, once you've made the plan, stick to the plan, you know, right. Don't go, don't go changing midstream. Yeah. It's so hard, but it's like, we spent all this time and energy thinking about this, studying this, you know, knowing this is going to be a good plan. Let's trust it and let's stick to our guns and, and whatever happens, happens. And Hey, we, you know, we're lucky enough that it, it worked out, but at the same time, you know, it, it isn't the way we practiced. It wasn't the practice plan we had. I think it was, again, keeping our guys fresh, keeping our guys healthy so our guys could go out and perform and ultimately go win a state title. And, and that's something that just knowing me, just, you know, not knowing them real well, but knowing them a little bit, Coach Nelson, that's a uh, – I think that's a huge – I'll say revelation is not the right – open-mindedness that he showed – I mean, an, an old school, you know, guy that's been in it forever has done it, you know, a ton of different ways uh, at you and I, they, they crushed people um, and, and, you know, did so many different things, offensive line guy. And for him to be the head coach and, and kind of allow that transition was open-minded and, and obviously it, it worked out really well for you guys this year. Yeah. He, he completely bought in, you know, I think going down to, to meet coach Holler and, and see kind of the stuff there, you know, and, and talk to you. I mean, we were both there, I, I think opened his eyes up a lot to it. And he was like, man, this makes a lot of sense, you know, and he, and he got to hear it from a lot of different, you know, perspectives and strength coaches and, and other guys, you know, who were big O-line coaches and things like that. So I think that uh, alleviated a lot. And I think another thing, you know, coach Booth, our, our offensive coordinator, you know, he really bought into it too. I remember him saying, you know, to, to me at one point, I can't remember when it was during the season, but, you know, he did a phenomenal job running our offense this year and, and, uh, and changing things up with those guys. But he even said, he's like, man, you know, I, I was a little bit skeptical to begin with, but he's like, I'm a true believer in it now. He's like, I, I feel good. The kids feel good. I mean, he just, once I think he kind of got a taste of it too, he was the same way. He's like, Hey, we, let's, let's just get this stuff done and, and we need to get out of here. So, I mean, it was, it was awesome. And like you said, when it, when it starts at the top and all of a sudden, you know, it does kind of trickle down and they, they really do, you know, buy into it. Now, literally the, the coaching meetings we had were short, you know, the game plan meetings we had were, we got done what we needed to get done. I mean, it was just, 
everybody felt great. And at the end of the year, you know, we win a state title. I'm like on Monday, I'm like, I, I was sad because I wanted to keep practicing. <laughs> I want to keep getting to keep, better. Yeah. I want to keep, let's keep getting better. Let's, let's go play someone. Like even the kids are like, coach, you know, they saw we're ranked in the top 10 in the Midwest. Like, Hey, can we get a game with someone from Indiana or can we get a game with, <laughs> they all wanted to keep playing, you know? And, and I think that was like the biggest Testament. Whereas in years past, there's times like, all right. Yeah, we're done. And I'm excited to be done, you know? <laughs> yeah. So uh, let me ask you this question. Um, and then I've got some written down. I definitely want to get to, but so uh, you've been in state championship games, I'm sure where it goes to the wire. You guys win the state championship on the last drive or the last couple of minutes of the game. Uh, and then this year, you know, it, and I don't want to minimize anything in the state finals, but you know, you're real big, final game was the semifinals you guys go to the finals and and um you know it was pretty well in hand by the third quarter maybe earlier but score wise you look at it and say third quarter it's pretty well in hand what was that like compared to some of your your state championship games that were extremely close what you know what are the differences in those what's the mindset difference in those what would you prefer uh, between the two uh for excitement levels or whatever what what's the differences or what's that like well honestly harp i i've been in i've been in five now and the, the only one that went down to the wire was was in 2010 so i mean mm. lo losing that one i mean that was just nerve-wracking well. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was nerve wracking as heck, but I mean, you're like, you know, we, we were just worried again. Cause you know, we couldn't stop them, but it's like, they, they couldn't stop us either. So, I mean, once they kind of, once they kind of scored with, you know, a minute and a half left, we we're like, oh man, we're probably gonna be in trouble. Cause I, we hadn't thrown the ball, you know, super well all night. We just kind of run it. So, um, but yeah, the other, the other ones that we won um, at the first one at Jinx, I think that one was in hand by halftime. J Trayvon had rushed for like two sixty at the half. <laughs> That's plenty. So, so we're sitting pretty good there. And then um, the, ne the next year, it was the same kind of deal. I was just back looking at the highlights of that. I think it was like 31-14 uh, mm -hmm. at the half or something like that. So, I mean, we'd, we'd put up big numbers, and we'd always gotten off to, like, fast starts. So I think uh, – and then, I guess, you know, the one we lose at BA, we got off to such an awful start. So I think that's the been the, the – Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest thing to me is, like, it's kind of like getting off to a, a good start – you know, not like just getting demolished or getting, you know, so, you know, whatever it might be in that first quarter. I think if you just get off to a good start, you'll be okay. And and for us in the finals, uh, we didn't have a great start. You know, we went three and out on offense, punted it. They went right down and scored. So huh. it was seven, nothing. Um, and a lot of people don't understand this. All four games we had Cedar Falls, Waukee, uh, Dowling, and then the finals, those last four games, we were down in all four of those games in the first half so like that huh. is just you guys are like the chiefs yeah so i mean we'd, we'd go down but it's like that that was the character of the team it's like okay here's what they're gonna do we, they would make the adjustment and then our kids would go execute and then and they were just so tough mentally it's like yeah hey that we know they're gonna make some plays on us but it's we're gonna be okay and i think you know once once they kind of fumbled the punt and we we punched it and i'm like this is gonna get ugly pretty quick because you could kind of see the the body language change a little bit and then the, the other thing I'll say about, you know, playoff, playoff football, and, and you'll echo it um, in playoff, playoff football, the teams that can run the ball win. I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how well you've thrown it during the year, but at some point you got to be able to freaking run the ball in high school and, and probably, you know, at, at every single level of football. So when you can run the ball against good teams and then run the ball when you have to be able to run the ball, that was the most proud I was of our team in the second half. 
you know, when we have a lead and, and we have to run the football and the other team knows we're going to run the football, we still did run the football. And then, you know, to punch in that last one, to put it up 14, 14, and it's a power play. Yeah. You better believe I was pretty pumped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can only imagine down there. <laughs> that's awesome hey so okay so some of my written questions were and you already talked about it you guys do sprints even in practice you know even even during season on Mondays how yeah. does that work uh, obviously you know we got the RT, rtpspeed.com uh, I know you're using the chips uh, yep. or whatever you call them and you're using those those uh, free stations lap, free, lap. free lap it comes right to your phone but but what's the process of that like as far as the kids come in they, they change their clothes, they get ready for practice, and then they trickle out and do sprints. Do they warm up first, then do sprints? After they sprint, what do they do? What's the, what's the process for that? Because I'm looking into to being able to use that, you know, uh, with whatever team that I'm with, you know, or, or looking at that. So yeah. what's, the, what's the process of that on Monday? So knowing, for, first part, right, rest and recovery is number one. So we play on Friday right? Kids get beat up. They got Saturday off. They got Sunday off. We meet late Sunday. We don't do anything Sunday. If we do anything, it's literally a walkthrough. There's, there's not anything that's done. So we'll watch film and walk through on Sunday. So they've had two full days off. Then they go the whole day school on Monday. And then the first thing we do is we sprint. So that's when they're going to be the most fresh. They've had two days completely off. And then that's when we want to time them. Um, and when we time, that's our rule. We'll never time guys. Uh, unless we're in spikes, we're on the track, and then if we can, we'll run with the wind because we, we want to be as fast as we as humanly possible. So that's right. Like it's, the, it's the same thing with the cakes. Like the guys yeah. that don't want to give their guys pancakes, it, it makes no yeah. sense to me. Be as be as liberal as you can with Dude, that stuff. One hundred percent. And there's guys again that'll that'll call us out. You get the Twitter warriors. That's fine. It, it is what it is. But I mean, our our guys are all about ridiculously fast speed. Period. And when, and when guys are hitting those numbers, they're, they're psyched. So they know it's going to happen. We're going to run it on the track. So they bring spikes. Now, not everybody brings spikes. There's some linemen that don't have them. They might share a pair and things like that, but it, it is what it is. So they come out, we'll do all of our wake-up drills. There's no pads on, so they're just going to be in, in shorts, T-shirts. When it gets colder, they'll be in sweats. And then after we go through all of our wake-up drills, we do that on the football field, so it's not kind of pounding on their legs, a little bit easier on them. And then we go straight to the track and we time them. And, and that's kind of a twofold deal. One, guys will get continue to get faster. Um, and then two, it's also telling us who's healthy, who's not. So I can really, really see, you know, if Brody Breck normally runs a, a, a 0.89 on average, and all of a sudden he's running 0.95, you know, I'm like, okay, Brody, you know, what, what's the deal? Well, you know, I, I might have this or I might have that or you know, whatever it might be, it's giving us data and, and feedback. So now it's like, okay, maybe I need to back off of, of him a little bit in practice. Maybe he doesn't need to lift. Maybe he does that. So that's the whole reasoning behind it. One, get our speed work in, make sure we're getting faster. And then two, it's the, the data points that we get off of it. And then once we're done with that, they go throw their pads on. We just go in shells and we'll practice for 45 minutes to an hour. Okay, so so how how long does that take you you to warm up? And is the track around your practice field, or you guys yep. got to go somewhere to go to the track? Track is right there around our practice field. So the kids they'll just have their little backpacks. They'll take you know they got their shoulder pads and helmet, bring it right out on the field, set it off in the in, you know the little end zone area, and we'll do our warm up right off of the uh, the end zone, and then boom, we'll have it set up the the ten yard fly, 
you know, we'll set, we'll mark off our 40 yards. And then the last 10 is what we're timing. And that's, that's where those guys will roll. They just walk over. It takes, it takes probably 30 minutes. So you're going about 30 minutes on that. And then it's, like I said, 45 minutes to an hour of football that we do after that. Gotcha. Okay. So my other big one um, is talking about warmups because uh, we've talked about it for two or three years. Um, and, and um, as a fat offensive lineman, I always hated the way we did it. I always felt like, and, and maybe it's the, un, the non-athlete in me, but I always thought I could just go out there and practice and I'd have been fine anyways at, at 17, 18 years old, which, you know, I, that's probably a little over the top. I mean, I really think I could have, it's probably over the top for every kid, but um, I don't know that they necessarily need a 15 minute, you know, rollout and, and, no. and all this stuff. So, so how do you guys, are your warmups, are they different on sprint days? And, and I'm really, I'm just talking about for practice, but yeah. are they yeah. different on your, on your sprint days for practice? Are they always the same? And then what are those warmups? How much, how long do they take? Uh, how, how happy were you with those for practices? So when we go, so we have two sprint, two general sprint days. So Monday and Wednesday in season. So Monday, obviously they're going through full wake up drills and then, you know, sprint mechanic work that we do and then their timing on Wednesday, they'll do the same thing. We'll do full, not really full sprint mechanics, but then we do, we actually do wickets on the field. So we'll, we'll do that uh, on hmm. Wednesdays. So they're going to get two, two sprint workouts, you know, during the week. And again, that Wednesday one, we'll shorten up the warm up a little bit. And then they'll, they'll hop into the wickets and we have two sets of that. So we'll go one set where it's, it's six feet for our faster guys, taller guys. And then we'll go like five, five and a half feet for some of our larger individuals and kids who maybe aren't as fast. Are those so, on the track as well? The wickets? We do, we do all that on the football field because again, we go on the football, football field. doesn't matter. We're not timing it. Gotcha. So it's still going to be quote full speed, but we're not timing it. So not it's like timing it. Yeah, so we we'll we'll stay on the the football field so they can do that in in their normal football shoes. Um, the other days, so so Tuesday and Thursday. So that's what Nick and I had said. We want we just want to have sprint mechanics two times a week. So those are the two days. They're speed days. Let's do sprint mechanic warm up. You know, running mechanics because you'll notice it when you're a guy that that coaches skill kids. You'll notice mechanics start to break down if you don't if you're not diligent in working it. It's like any other fundamental. You know, hey, you know. We haven't worked zone steps for a while, but we'll be okay. Your, your zone steps break down, you know, or your, your double teams break down if you're not working it. So it's the same thing. So we said, if we do that twice a week, we'll be good. The other days, Tuesday and Thursday, it's like, quote, those X factor days, you know, that coach Holler talks about, we just go position warm up. So guys will be out, you know, punting, kicking, receiving, and then everyone else just goes linebackers go with the linebacker coach and they'll do, you know, some sort of a, a fit drill or some sort of a tackling drill, or maybe they're just talking about, you know, counter or something like that. And then I'll have the receivers over there and we're doing some sort of warm up. you know, stance, start working, man releases, catching balls. So then it's position football specific. So like you said, you know, I hated mm -hmm. the 15 minute, everybody static stretch. We don't do any of that. So it's either sprint warm up or you're in your positions and you're doing football to warm up. And so is that started a certain time and it doesn't matter what the time, but like, yeah. do you guys say, Hey, uh, position warm up start at yep. two o'clock and then horn blows at two and you guys get that rolling. Yeah. I mean, is there so any, is there any breakdown as a team to then go to your position warm ups? How no. does all of that work? So we come out instantly. We come out, guys are just getting ready, whatever it might be. As soon as like, say we go at four, four o'clock hits. All right. Spe specialists. So kick game guys, they all go at four o'clock to their spot for specialists. So if you're a specialist, you catch punts, 
you, you punt, you snap, whatever it is. If you're on any special team where you're doing a specialized activity, those guys go to that. That's their warm up. The other guys go to their primary position. So right, literally right when practice starts and then it's whatever, how long, you know, coach Nelson say, okay, everyone, 10 minutes, a specialist, boom, as soon as four ten hits now it's quote indie or group or whatever the period would be after that. Gotcha. And then mm-hmm. when are you guys doing meetings during the week? Are you before practice? Are you after practice? Are you during the day? How are you guys getting that in? I guess it's probably different with the COVID year, but yeah. just in general, like in general. General, we would go after practice. Gotcha. And to me with, with zoom, with zoom and Twitter, I, I met less than I've ever met because you can meet and do things online. So I basically say kids, you know, again, with, with the COVID year, like you said, but like, the same thing. They can just go they can go home and relax and get the things done that I need them to get done. Hmm. So we would do some, uh, some of that, but most of the time it was going to be after practice when we met. And then uh, Wednesdays were usually a big meeting day for me. You know, Monday, gotcha. Mondays were going to be the JV games. Tuesday was going to be their, the longest practice day. So there would be some groups that would be like a lot of times the defense, I think would meet some on Tuesday, but their meetings were super short and well-structured. So Wednesdays would usually be the thing for me by then the whole game plans in we could watch, you know, three, three days of, of practice film. I could, I could pick and choose what I wanted to watch one-on-ones, things like that. And then I'd be able to get that stuff corrected. So if we did have something Thursday, we'd be able to get it walked through. Was there, um, okay. So then when are, when are your workout, when were your workouts during season? So our, our workouts during season are in the mornings. So we, we created, it's, it's kind of a pseudo athletic period. Um, anyone can sign up for it, but all of our, our football players get into it. So we call it early bird lifting. So they'll come in at seven. They get the lift from seven to about seven forty-five. Gotcha. So it's like and a zero period, zero period. Yep. So they get it done in the morning. So all lifting's done. We don't have to worry about anything after school. And the, the cool thing is too, when they do that, they all generally get eighth period off. A lot of them could come meet with us during eighth period. Gotcha. So then what Okay, so then in off season, you guys got a a, a period to work out, but mm-hmm. then you also get them for football. How, what do you guys do with two periods in an off season? Well, we don't have a we won't have a two period, so this is going to be in the mornings. We just make them come in a little bit earlier, so we bump it to gotcha. six forty five. So now it's an hour lift, knowing it's going to be a little bit more involved. And then when we run again, so if we're going to lift on Monday, we have to run before that. So we set up a time on Sundays and it's all voluntary. Our kids don't have to come. We don't, we don't make any of it mandatory, but they want to come. Right. Who, who doesn't want to get faster? You know, who doesn't, who doesn't want to be more explosive? Who doesn't want to, you know, chase, chase their goals. So we'll open up a time on Sundays. Our kids come in, they do the wake up drills, the mechanic work. And then we have a, a rollout um, runway that we bought for track. So our guys can all still spike up and we can actually time them you know, in the gym and it's wow. awesome. That's yeah. Cool. So we, so we can time them indoors. You don't have to worry about wind or anything like that. So we, we, we get the free lap out and we time them on Sunday. So again, start the week. The last time they lifted was Friday morning. They get two days off in theory. You know, we got a lot of kids that play other sports, but sure. They they'll roll in on Sunday. We get our speed workout on Sunday. Um, we have done some other stuff where we've, you know, during off season until track starts. So from January to February, we would sometimes have a second session we might do in the morning where we have a group sprinting, another group lifting and then switch, but it makes it a little bit more difficult now with, with different schedules. So we'll probably just do the one sprint. And then when track starts, 
all of our guys go out for track. Even the guys that aren't going to be on the sprint relays now, again, they know what Feed the Hawks is all about. They're like, I want to come do these workouts because I'm going to work out for half an hour after school on a speed day. I don't have to do any of the stupid 400 workouts, 800 workouts. It, it, you know, they don't, we don't make our guys do that. They come get faster and they leave. So they, they all go out for track. <laughs> so they like that. <laughs> they Weird. love it. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. And they if, like that. Yeah. And, and days off, day after a meet, everybody's got the day off. I mean, who doesn't like three day weekends? I mean, that's the other cool thing about it. Like you guys work your tail off. You're going to get days off. I mean, that's what everybody loves. I know when we work at school, we love days off. We love, you know, three day weekends. We love having free time. Our kids like it too, man course all right so you got you guys have you know you've got lots of dudes on your team um mm-hmm. i you know and, and you you've always said it and this isn't to minimize anything you, what you've always said you got to have dudes to win state championships 100 you know, and and now there's plenty of teams with dudes that don't win state championships um but you you know at, at a good class you got to have some dudes to win it so uh, it doesn't mean you're going to but you need some you had plenty of them. Uh, and, and I think that was something cool. We've talked about that, you know, you've had some really, really unselfish guys that probably for most teams or maybe even most years you guys had, they would have been the dudes. Um, and, and they had to take different roles, not lesser roles, but different roles. than maybe they thought they were going to, um, yeah. and, and balled out doing it and allowed you guys to do some things with your other kids. But so I don't want to minimize them either, but you guys had a, a big time division one receiver. You guys have a big time division one, you know, tailback and also played receiver. Um, and you had a, I think a division one quarterback as well. So, yeah. uh, obviously you did some good things. My curiosity is when you've got that division one receiver and it helps again, when you guys have, you had a ton of really good receivers and, you know, I don't know if they're going to go division one or what, but really, really good receivers. But when you have that one guy, the guy that everyone knows in the state and he's a track star and he's going to go, you know, he, he go play in the major league baseball next year. I mean, he kind of does it all. Everyone. And he's, you know, six foot, whatever. So everyone sees him, he, you know, you're not hiding the kid. What did you guys, what did you do? What did your OC do? What did you guys do to try to get him the ball when I've got to imagine every team that plays you guys says, Hey, we're not letting Brody beat us. And obviously there were a lot of games where he, where he did, or he obviously didn't beat him by himself, but you know, it was really crushing the teams. Yeah, that's, and the, the best thing about Brody, I mean, is, is like you said, unselfishness. So, I mean, he's not one of those drama Queens when he wasn't getting the ball. So I think that, that helps a lot. And, and a lot of that, you know, is, is conversations, you know, you, you kind of get to have, but with him, it was so natural, you know, he coach, I just want to win, you know, coach, I want to do what I can, but yeah, you, you got to be able to scheme up ways to, to do it. And, you know, one of my favorite ways to do it is, is not leaving the guy static, you know, don't leave him in, in one spot, you know, and then a lot of people are like, well, yeah, you move him around, you know, move him to three, move him to two. We did a lot of that too. But then again, that, when people good defenses see that they're like, Oh, okay. (laughs) There's a reason they're moving him there. You know, there's a reason they're doing that. So, you know, when we did that, uh, coach Booth did a great job of, you know, when we put Brody at number three, you know, having runs that we ran, you know, we could decoy with him and things like that. So, um, understanding your tendencies when you do move him around. And then I think that the biggest thing was, was motioning. So having him in short motion, uh, having him motion across the formation, just to get him on the move so the quarterback can see coverages. 
uh, can see if they're going to, you know, play man on them, if they're going to try to double them, things like that, and, and get the matchups maybe that we wanted, especially with teams, you know, that, you know, might leave a corner one place and, and they don't want to necessarily travel them. So I think that's a lot of the game is, is figuring out ways. And, and that was a lot of kind of my role. I think, you know, when I break down film is, is having these things ready to go when we had an opponent where we're going to need it, like uh, Valley, for instance, uh, was a game where we knew we were going to have some really good matchups for Brody. And I think, you know, he had seven or eight catches and we'd moved him around and, you know, he had 130, 140 yards and a few touchdowns. So, you know, when you could, when you spend a couple of, uh, of weeks kind of scheming and, and getting to the things that you want, it really, really helps you. And then the the other thing is I, I had a, a couple of zoom clinics and, and listened to a couple of defensive guys, um, I used to think, hey, put him in the slot and get him matched up on safeties. Um, we did a little bit more of where we left him out wide because now it's the, the D coordinators had said, when you leave him out wide, it makes me choose. Like I have to double him with my safety and it takes my safety out of run fits. So by leaving Brody out wide, teams had to make a choice. You want to single him? Okay, cool. Uh, we'll throw for a lot of yards. Do you want gotcha. to double him? okay, cool. We're going to, we're going to, you know, throw to our slot receiver for a lot. You know, Summers had a, a huge first half of the season, you know, get, getting the, the matchups that he liked. And then, you know, later on when Arlen became eligible and, and Cadolf was our running back, those guys, you see, you give great running backs space where they're not adding another hat from the, the secondary. Those guys are going to run for a lot of yards. So I think, you know, just, just being smart, uh, about what what we kind of did with him, you know, not just leaving him in the slot so they could hit him with a linebacker, double him with the safety. Now, when you put him out wide, it's like, okay, you're going to use your best corner on him and double, uh, or you're going to say that my best corner can can single him up. So it it, it really allows you to to kind of hold the chalk a little bit when you have a kid like that, and then you know, honestly, put some on on uh, on his plate, put some on the QB's plate, and let those guys play some of those games. You know, let them check some calls. And, and let them have some, some choice routes and things like that. But yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of leaving the guy outside now and then motioning him, him to, to where I want simply because once you teach that concept to your QB and to your whole offense, you know, and everyone's on that same page, it really becomes, you know, a kind of a deal. Uh, how do you, how do you want to get beat? <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. If you can run the ball, yeah, uh, and, and then you got a receiver like that. You're making them choose. You know, they're not. You're not letting them. You know, play in between. They've got to make think, that choice. And then you guys got you know RPOs if you want to with with your other guys if they want to you know try to add from other directions. So you guys had so many answers. And that's yeah. Again, and it comes back to again. You know, everyone's well. You know, if I play man, I force them to throw deep balls. They didn't want people to throw deep balls to Brody because <laughs> you, you get when you get so efficient at those things. A lot of people were like, hey, man, you know what? I'll I'll take my chances of them handing it off and, and running the ball. At least maybe we'll tackle them for eight or nine yard gains instead of 40 or 50 yard gains. So when when teams did want to come down and, and play low, um, you know, Jason and Brody did a pretty good job of making them pay. And you put that on film. There's not many D coordinators in America that want to uh, want to try to live in that world. Well, then you guys cheated as well because you ran your quarterback. I mean, so you guys added even more numbers. But but he's a guy that I would assume, I'm sure you guys have great backups, but you don't want to lose a guy like that at quarterback because because you ran, you know, power with him 10 times in a game and, and got his throwing shoulder hurt or whatever. So 
how do you guys, uh, and I'm sure you talk about it in the staff. I know it's a lot of Coach Booth and, and his decisions. Yeah. How does what does he talk about? What do you guys talk about in staff meetings? That's hey, I, I know we got to run this guy a certain amount of times. We can't run him too much. We still have to have the threat, but also, hey, we want to keep our quarterback healthy, so so we can deal it to all these dudes. Yeah, that's it's all. Yeah, always the the hit chart, right? Kind of like the pitch count in in. Uh in baseball <laughs> right make, make it sure he, he's okay yeah just knowing yeah there, there's gonna be some games you know you feel like you should be able to win so it's like hey we don't we don't want him carrying it very much unless it's hey we drop back to pass and he scrambles you know i i think there's a, a whole different level of hit right between when you're running q power down an a gap and you get hit by a d tackle and you get hit by a mike linebacker as opposed to running wide and scrambling and then you get you know side leg tackle you know, roll tackle by a safety or a DB. So I think, you know, trying to be smart about the number of times you're going to hammer it up inside, but, you know, basing a lot of your QB run stuff on, on ways to get him to the edge. So they don't take as many of those hits. So I think, you know, we were pretty smart about that and we got pretty proficient at you know, some of the, the QB wide game. Um, and again, he's, he's a pretty smart kid too. He'd know when to get out of bounds and, and do that. But yeah, coach Booth, was awesome with, with that, you know, games going in, he's like, Hey, I'm not going to run Jason unless it's, you know, fourth and one, or we got to score from, you know, the, the red zone or something like that. So he was always pretty selective about it. And like I said, Jace was, was really, really selective about it too. Hey, lead with that left shoulder, not that right one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then, so then the other big one is, and you already mentioned it, you know, you guys get Arlen, you know, Arlen gets eligible, which is its own, you know, deal in in itself, but, uh, to have that ability to have a kid that just wants to play football, you know, and a horrible COVID, you know, all that shuts his down. He wants to play football, you know, move the family so they can play football for your in. And I know you guys went through crazy stuff to, you know, that Mm -hmm. the kid had to deal with the family had to deal with just so he could play football, which, you know, makes no sense, but either way to have a kid come in like that and, and for your team's chemistry or whatever you want to call it, it didn't get demolished. It, it just, I mean, it, it was like it got better almost. I mean, it was kind of a, obviously the football team should get better when you add a kid like that, but you never know when a kid, you know, they kind of force him to add late because they wouldn't let him in at, at first, you know, wouldn't let him play at first. And then Patrick Mahomes had to get involved, but uh, <laughs> you know, they finally do let him. And that's something that a lot of teams that could kind of fracture a team you know, and didn't at all with you guys. It was like your your core was so well, and he added to the core, and I'm sure, obviously, he's an unbelievable kid and young man, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, the buy-in, the unselfishness of everybody else on the team to say, hey, this makes us better, let's let's roll with it. Yeah, I think, again, it starts with your, your team leadership. So, I mean, guys like Brody and Jace, um, you know, any of our, our captains all, you know, accept him as one. So, I mean, I think that's the first thing, you know, once they know that your, your studs and your dudes, the guys that are, you know, expected to be the guys have kind of accepted him that kind of, you know, lays down the foundation, you know, and there's always going to be guys, you know, that maybe get, you know, a, l- a little bit, butt hurt, but then just kind of having those conversations, having those tough conversations, I think is what so many people avoid, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just acknowledging it instead of, and instead of being a, the coach, that's like, well, Hey, you need, you need to, you need to not be butthurt. You need to, you know, put yourself in the kid's shoes. You'd be pissed too. Right. I mean, there, there wouldn't be any kids. So I think, you know, when you put yourself in those shoes and then let the kid know you, you care about them and you're like, Hey, I to- I totally get it. 
you know, it's, it's going to suck for some of us that are going to lose carries or going to lose, you know, time on the field, or maybe going to lose targets, whatever it might be. But I said, but think about the wonderful things that are going to happen, you know, being able to, you know, hopefully win a state championship would be one of those. But I talked even more. I'm like, maybe a guy like Arlen Bruce becomes your best friend. Maybe you're going to be the best man in his wedding. You know, maybe you're, you know, you guys are going to be, he's going to be in trouble sometime and you're going to be there for him. You know, so talking about kind of some of those other bonds and taking it off of the, you know, while football is important and cool, look at it from this aspect. You know, I looked at it from an aspect of like, it's going to make me a better coach because I'm going to have to have these conversations. I'm going to have to kind of manage some of these relationships and, and smooth them, some of these things over. Uh, and and not, it, it looks smooth from the outside. It wasn't always. But I mean, you know, there's <laughs> there's so many sure. positives. I think that came out of it that, you know, and, and being able to work through it. And then, like I said, and Arlen handled it like a champ and, and our room handled it like a champ and the running backs handled it like champs that at the end of the day, it, it did work out because I think people, you said it about Coach, Coach Nelson, people were open-minded. You know, mm-hmm. it did kind of galvanize like, hey, man, this is just a guy, you know, trying to play football. Imagine, you know, that's, I'd said it a bunch of times too. Imagine if, if they shut down football in Iowa and you wanted to go play in Kansas or you wanted to go play in Minnesota, how would you feel about it? So I think, you know, just, just being able to see things from other people's perspectives, uh, and ultimately, then at, at the end of the day, everybody just kind of joining together. It's like, hey, man, we got one goal uh, and we're going to go win. And then, you know, honestly, his his addition to the team, the, the way that he worked. So, I mean, it wasn't like he was some guy that wasn't doing anything. He came in, in, in August and he was at every practice. You know, I mean, his work ethic was phenomenal. He did whatever you asked him to do. He was a yes sir, no sir guy. He wanted to compete. He wanted to go play defense. You know, he, he'd never played defense in his life. So, I mean, huh. he, rel- he relished that, that competition, you know, the one-on-ones. I think his, his ability to do that and, and compete and be tough and block and hit people, you know, and, and just that, that supreme confidence that he had, I think it just rubbed off on so many people. And you'd see, you know, our practices got a lot better when, when he kind of, you know, would, would be out there. So I think just the, the addition of those people that are, you know, I call them, you know, thermostats, the guys that kind of set the temperature for practice. I mean, it raised everybody's level and it, and it made me a better coach and I, I had to step up my game too. So I think, you know, iron sharpens iron, man. And uh, it, so many people, I think, miss those educational opportunities. It's like, man, this isn't a challenge or this isn't something bad that's going to happen. This is like the coolest opportunity ever. And, and I'm going to dive headfirst into this and we're all going to get better because of it. And, and look what happened. We ended up, you know, taking, taking down the trophy. <laughs> Having a great season. Okay. So uh, also about a guy like Arlen, you know, a, a running back guy, but is also a, a slot, you know, that, that you can put in the slot. What do you guys try to do with a kid like that? And then again, obviously you guys are, you don't want to say, I don't want to say lucky. You guys are lucky a little bit, but you've worked it as well that when he's not playing receiver, you guys still have, three or four unbelievable receivers out there when he's not playing tailback you guys still have an unbelievable tailback that can play so <laughs> so it makes it nice that he doesn't have to play one or the other but how do you try to move a guy around you know we talked about how do you move the big giant fast awesome receiver around how do you how do you move around that guy that's a tailback that's also a you know a, a camara type guy you can put out of the backfield you can put him mm-hmm. out there um, you know, what do you guys try to do with, with him, uh, and, and try to get a, a tailback type guy like that to ball? We went a lot more, uh, empty 
uh, especially with him, you know, put, put him out wide, put him in the slot so he could, he could learn both spots. Uh, he met with me most of the time in the, the receiver room, but there would be days he'd go, you know, with the running backs. Um, he would played running back at QB before. So he actually had a really good understanding uh, of a lot of the run schemes. And, you know, we, we basically run, you know, three or four run schemes. So it's like, Hey, you don't need to practice a ton on this, but if maybe there's some, some different backfield alignments or things we got to do, you know, just making sure he was kind of sharp on what are the reads in inside zone, what are the reads. So most of the time we could actually kind of tinker with him because, you know, the, the tailback part for him was quote, kind of easy. You know, he's just a, a really Natural. good athlete and he, 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 and, he, and he played it before he rushed for 2,600 yards in, in Kansas. So, <laughs> so you kind of have that in the, in the background. So now you could kind of tinker, Hey, let's, let's, let's run him on, you know, tailback screens. Let's set him up in the wing and throw him, you know, the, the little flat screen. Um, let's let him run some option routes from that wing alignment. Let's put him out wide and, and let him do things. So I think, you know, I think the biggest thing when you have great athletes like him who are special in space, you know, he's a lot like the, the Edwards, Alaire guy for LSU. You want to get him the ball now. You know, so so I'm either handing it to him or I want to throw him screens or I want to throw him things where he's like the primary in the progression. He's the first uh, option route. He's the first, you know, guy on the stick route. He's the he's the first read on on the 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 key screen. So I think getting those guys the ball quickly so they can do something with it, because that's the where they're usually the best. And then when he came in, you know, he knows he's going to be playing some receiver at Iowa. One of the reasons why he wanted to go with the receivers is like. I want to be able to run better routes, you know what I mean? So he's like, okay, so just trying to get him a little bit better down the field. I mean, he's already, you know, elusive as heck, unbelievable right. body control, but just teaching him some angles and some of the, the nuances and things with releases. But like I said, he's, he's so natural. He studies the game so much that you, you could then kind of start using him down the field, you know, in the state, state championship, he's going to, you know, you know, inside release, quick release fade and we score. Um, you know, being able to run option uh, vert routes with him where he can, you know, take it deep or he could be able to snap it off and, and run outs. So I think we just kept expanding those things as, you know, his knowledge of the offense kept rolling. But, you know, start with what they do well, you know, let him run it, get him the ball now. And then I, I just think expand from there. Hey, he's really good at this route. Let's put him there. Hey, he's really good at that route. Let's put him there. So the last question from me, Walls, is, and, and I think it's a, an interesting one, um, important, and, and obviously we didn't do a great job of it. Uh, after two years, we got fired, but uh, here at BA. <laughs> so, uh, interesting way to put it. So, uh, um, but, and I know you've got some good good quotes or, or some good things, you know, said from you know, college coaches, I'm sure Trimble, you know, all those guys, but but you've won a state championship, and, and I'm not sure – how many on, on your staff have won, you know, won a state championship, but, but you have, um, not sure if you guys ever repeated it, Jinx. I'm assuming you did. Cause it seems like Jinx always did while you were there, but you know, they, everyone talks about it. it it's hard to do hard to repeat, uh, maybe a little bit easier for the teams that have done it before or the staffs that have done it a bunch before. Um, but I'm assuming, especially for you guys, you know, I, I think you haven't won one since the split. Um, you know, yeah, it's is... something new for your school. Yeah, this was the first. This was the first one where Ankeny's, you know, s split up. So in my mind, yeah, this is the first one. <laughs> you know, so for first one for you guys, um, first one for I'm sure several of your coaches. Um, definitely first one for this staff that's there. Uh, what's the, what's the key points? What's the focus point? What's the difficulties? What are you trying to do when you're talking about 
okay, now this is over. It's, it's time to repeat. I always take it back to the kids. So I know just being a position guy now, it's like, to me, it's the, it's next man up. So it's like, you know, you have, you have your, your two or three senior guys in the, in the receiver room. Those are the guys that kind of set the tone there. You know, we had our, I think we had four, yeah, four guys this year. So same kind of deal, you know, Hey, these, those guys set the tone and now we have a new crew or a new crop of seniors. Sometimes, you know, it's one alpha guy, sometimes it's two, but you know, putting the, putting the onus on those guys. Um, I think anytime you're going to be really, really good, it has to be player led, you know, so you have to find and, and pick out those, those leaders. Um, I've been using the term cornerstones um, and I, I use it a lot on social media and I use it a lot talking to guys like, Hey man, you're, you're a cornerstone of what we want to do. You're a, you're a cornerstone of, of Hawk football, you know, so they just hear it again and again, you know, cornerstone, <laughs> the foundation, what we're trying to do. So I think, that kind of sets the tone of you're the leader. This is your team now, you know, last year was great, but now it's going to be on you guys to kind of mold and, and build this next crew. I think, I think so many coaches fall into the trap of, you know, we give ourselves too much credit. You know, we, it was, it was what we did. It was what, right. you know, the way we practiced, the way we did this, the way we did that, you know, and, and we, we feel like we want to just match it and do the same thing, you know, and, and then we use it as a weapon against kids. Well, the team last year did this or the team, this guy did this. It's like, well, when you're, when you're a kid and you hear somebody say that to you, because <laughs> I had coaches say that to me. Oh yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't <laughs> right. care. You know, I mean, that, I, I'm lucky enough, I guess I can always go back because I, I kind of see it through the eyes of kids because maybe I was a little bit rebellious and got in trouble and things like that. But like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like that doesn't work. Like kids are going to tell you to F off and kids are going to tell you like, I don't give a crap about that. But when you go the opposite direction of this is your team, you're the leader. Now you need to be able to uh, get these guys on the same page. You need to make plays. You need to be able to do this. When you put that responsibility on them now, it's like, yeah. Okay. I, I want to do that. And as long as you know, you're, you're propping them up and building the confidence and giving them the tools to, to go out and perform, they start to take the other guys with them. And I think to me, that's always the starting point. How do we get our, our top, you know, what, however many leaders we have, if it's three, it's three, if it's, you know, 15, great. But how do we get those guys completely invested? How do we get those guys thinking about football all the time? And how do we get those guys getting people on the right page? And, and honestly, uh, that was one of the things I was most proud of is, is the guys, at least in our room, have already started that process. And we've, we've had, you know, some, some new kids move in. They've included them in that process. And I, and I hope that's kind of a, a microcosm of some of the stuff they've learned from, hey, bringing in guys like Arland and seeing how they became part of the family, you know, bringing in, you know, other guys and, and welcoming them with open, open arms and, and showing them how we work. So, I feel really good about the foundation we have, but I think, again, trying not to live in the past all the time, celebrate the past. It's great. Tradition's awesome, but, but not using it like a weapon to the kids, you know, it's a fresh slate. You guys are going to be the ones in charge here. Let's go try to get another one. I love it. And then, and then the last thing walls, something that, that we've talked about and, and just kind of go over it one more time. But uh, the, one of the coolest things I've heard that you did this year was, uh, you know, you, you took your, took your seniors and, and asked them to, you know, write a letter, write a note, 
talk about that a little bit. What was the what was the parameters behind that? Why'd you do that? It's something that you know I'm going to start doing with my senior group. I think it's just you know senior groups every year. Uh, I think it's just an, an awesome idea. I just think again. I mean, there's so many of us. I mean, you you remember your, finally your high school days, and and you'll also remember the the heroes that you had from your high school days. I remember, you know, the upperclassmen that I played with, you know, and, and the, the way that I looked up to them. And then when, when you'd be playing, you know, when I was a sophomore and then your junior year and those guys would come back and they'd watch you play, you know, there's, there's just so much pride that those guys have in the, in the program. And I, and I just wanted a way, I guess, to kind of, you know, almost encapsulate it to where it's like, you know, Hey, you know, just like you guys would be able to, to talk to the team, I want them to be kind of fresh, you know, off of winning a state title and then, you know, having them reflect to think like, you know, okay, you guys, you guys set the standard here, right? You won the first state title at the school. Um, what, what is it going to look like or what would, what was going to make you proud when you come back and you watch Hawk football or you hear about Hawk football? Like what are the things that are going to be happening? You know, the, the vision. So to me, I try to make it like a vision when you, when you come back and watch, our team play, what do you want to see and, and what do you want to see happen? So I think for me, it was just kind of that nostalgia of, of going back and watching so many high school games. You know, even when I get, got to go back in 2018 and watch you guys play and win a state title, I mean, I, I get fired up doing that, you know, being down on the field, you know, and, and our kids get to, to come on the sidelines and, and be, you know, close to the field, things like that when they come back and watch games. So I just think, you know, you guys, you guys built this thing. What is, what should it look like when you come back? What is it, what is it going to mean for, for you to be really, really proud of, of Hawk football? And I think, you know, therefore their voice carries a lot more weight in the locker room than, than mine does. So I wanted to do it. And, and the cool thing about it too, is now I have, I have all their letters. I get to keep them. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like nice. reading them, but like reading them and having them forever. I mean, you'll be shocked at how awesome, you know, your, your kids can write and the, the thoughts that they have and the way they can word things and put things that, uh, that, that was the biggest thing for me, just like how proud, proud I was. And, and I know, like, I know when I read it to our guys, they're going to be psyched about it because it's, it's so well-written and it's so well done. And, and it's just like, you know, those guys are there saying it to them. So I don't know, it came to be one day and I'm like, man, I should have been doing this for a long time. So hopefully, hopefully we have a, a couple more opportunities to do it. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys, make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.